Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Join me today for a special bonus episode on a simpler approach to body image. I spoke with exercise physiologist and health coach Elizabeth Dahl about how we can be more intentional when it comes to this area. We discuss, is there such a thing as a minimalist approach to body image? Are we placing too much emphasis on body image? How do we start to simplify this area? And how do we quit turning to food to deal with life and emotions? And so much more. But before we get to the conversation, as always, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review on iTunes is the best way you can help this podcast succeed and grow. And lastly, I wanted to hear how you were enjoying my new book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity. I'm starting to see that some reviews are coming in on Amazon and on Goodreads, and I'm so excited to hear your feedback. If you haven't purchased your own copy yet, head on over to Amazon or where books are sold. I've included an easily accessible link in the show notes for you. Again, thank you for all your support this past month and really since the inception of this podcast. I really couldn't continue to bring you all these unique, wonderful women if it weren't for you and your reviews and your support. So I just appreciate it so much. And now for my conversation with Elizabeth. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely. This is something that I've been wanting to discuss on the podcast for quite some time now. And I know that a lot of listeners ask about body image and making peace with body image and making peace with our own bodies as moms. And I was always hesitant to discuss this because I wasn't sure if there was a minimalist approach, I guess, that we could take or just trying to fit it into the podcast. So I'm excited to hear what you have to share. But before we get into our conversation, I'll just allow you to share a little bit more about yourself and then we'll get started. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I'm Elizabeth and I am a women's health and wellness coach who help basically helps women um, who have try dieting or changing their bodies, find um, a more natural way to take care of their bodies, love their bodies, nurture their bodies to change, and find joy in health and wellness. And so it's very similar in that minimalism. I mean, it's funny because sometimes you wouldn't think that it would go together, but it goes so well together because it's all about simplifying the care for our bodies so that it fits into the lifestyle that we want to live. So I'm actually really excited to have this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And would you consider yourself outside of all of this to be a minimalist? Um, what's the word? Trying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With anything that we're trying to do intentional, it it does kind of, they kind of bounce off of one another. Intentional living, minimalism, simplifying. I I think they all kind of go together. I know, again, that people think of minimalism as just this aesthetic, and that's obviously where it started. But I think that also it really is just a way of being. So we can go ahead and get into the first question that I have for you. That is, is there such a thing as a minimalist approach to body image? Yes. And I think you kind of just talked about it perfectly. You just like segued into it. When we think about minimalism, you know, another word that we use a lot of the time is intentional, right? Mm -hmm. We want to create intentional spaces and moments and times in our lives. And 
It's very similar in that way with our bodies. We want to get very intentional with our body and think, how do I want my body to support the lifestyle that I want to live? Some people like to run. Some people like to dance. Some people like to do all different things, you know, with their bodies. And so it's really important that, you know, we're bombarded by the health and wellness industry telling us that this is the right way to do it. This is how much you should do. This is what you should do to get this body or whatever. And I often try to help coach women through the idea of what do you want for your body? And start asking yourself that question. And instead of trying to do all the things, which is this, you know, when we think about taking a minimalist approach, that's the opposite of trying to do all the things that we're, quote, supposed to do with our bodies. Instead, I really want you to think about how do you want to show up for your life? What do you want your unique life to look like? It's going to be very different than mine Mm -hmm. and hers, and that's okay. And that's how we approach body image with that more minimalistic viewpoint. Yeah, absolutely. I have a couple of thoughts. One, I think that that's what we need to do with everything when it comes to our lives and minimalism or just whatever it is we're we're doing really is just stop comparing. Stop comparing to things that you see. Stop comparing to minimalist homes that you see and their design is something that you would want. And I'm I I definitely need to take a taste of my own medicine when I say that, but I do think that that is a huge part of all this is just to stop the comparison. And then, okay, my second thing that I want to say, and I've always wanted to say this to someone that works in this industry, is do you think that we're putting too much of an emphasis on even thinking about body image? I think back to previous generations and I'm like, did they even have to think about this at all? Did they have to minimize this area? Like maybe if we just stopped talking about it, it would go away. I don't know. Do you see what I'm trying to say? And I think, I think a couple of things. The first thing is that we are in a world where information is easily accessible at any point. So we, we just see more of it. Like we're just prone to Mm -hmm. having more of it in our lives. I think, you know, back in the day, you, you didn't, you didn't always like, see other people's insides of their homes, right? Like it just wasn't as big of a thing. We couldn't just see us take a snapshot and send it across the world for someone to see. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have, I think it's important to look at it that way and that, okay, I recognize that it's more readily available, but how do I approach it? What is my response to everything around me? And I think that's what you're trying to get at is, Mm -hmm. okay, how do I look at it from, okay, I see that all of this stuff is going on around me. I see health and fitness accounts. I see healthy lifestyle blogs. There's so much around. And the thing that I would go to is go back into yourself, go back and ask yourself the question of how do I want to approach this? Mm -hmm. What would it look like in my own life? If I was living my purpose, if I was living intentionally in my body, would it matter? Would the size of my body matter if I was doing the things that I love to do? And I think so many times we get wrapped up in the size of our body equaling happiness and we need to separate them and recognize that when we are nurturing our body, and I'm I'm trying to bring this all back into the minimalist thing, when we're nurturing our environments in a particular way that serves us, Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily matter if it's magazine worthy, right? It matters that we're 
that we're happy in the space that we've created. And so when we think about our bodies, it's the same idea. Can I be happy in the space that I have in my body and do the things that serve my body? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I think you're absolutely right. We definitely have these photos or accounts or even just going outside at a park. You see people running around the park or people are really invested in their fitness. And I really do think that that's more of a modern activity. I don't think that probably, I I think people have always been active, but I don't think it was probably at the level that it is at this point. Like I'm thinking like 1920s through like the fifties or something. Um, I think that it has become a thing and it is because we are living longer as Americans and as just humans in general are living longer. And so we're wanting to put more of an emphasis on keeping our bodies healthy. It's all tied together. I'm sorry. I'm like kind of going off on a tangent and getting distracted from our main point, but I just do think it's so curious because you're right. We have it so prevalent. And I think that because it's prevalent, we have to address it. I think that my hesitation, and I only say this because I am someone that completely struggled with body image throughout my entire twenties. And I feel like the only thing that kind of shifted me away from it was to just stop talking about it and to stop kind of thinking about it. And then it didn't become as much of a thing because I focused my attention on other things. I don't know if any of this is making sense. I'd love to just have a conversation with you about it. Yeah. And, and there's all different kinds of ways we can approach it, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's okay to be neutral about your body and mm-hmm. say like it serves a function mm-hmm. and it's okay to love it and it's okay to be grateful for it. And there's so many different approaches. And so I think it's really important to identify that there's no wrong answer mm-hmm. for how you feel about your body or how you, how you decide to show up for your body. And some people, it is very much a function, right? Like my body is useful and it does the things that I need and I'm okay with that. And that's where I stand. And then other women feel like they need to embrace it and love it and, and have a little bit more love and no, there's really no right answer. And so it's really important to identify like, what does that look like for me? And this kind of brings up the point when I started the idea of minimalism, I think it, I honestly think it was with Marie Kondo, right? Like it probably is for everyone, but, um, and I remember that I got rid of so many things and then I didn't have anything. Mm. And I went so far on the other end that I like, I realized I wasn't being intentional and I, I did what worked for someone else. And I tried to fit it into my own life and it didn't work exactly for me. And so recognizing that it's okay to have some of those dialogues with yourself about like, what do I want my relationship with my body to be? Mm -hmm. And, and then follow through on what that is. Absolutely. And again, I'm, I'm loving that we're having more of conversation about this. I wasn't sure how, again, the episode would go. And so I love that we're actually like talking this through because these are just some of the thoughts that I've had over the past several years, just kind of thinking through this. But I think it honestly segues really great into my next question for you, which was how to make peace with our bodies as moms and to make peace with food more so for our children, because I want to set a good example, but how do we simplify this area? Do you have any tips on how we can start to apply this? Yeah. The first thing that I would say is to, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't live up to other people's standards. So start creating some of your own standards within your own home and your own life and what you want that to look like. 
just like with minimalism, right? Because when we think about approaching our health and wellness, there is so much out there that tells us we should be doing it this way, or we should be doing it that way. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to get that message for ourselves. And then it correlates into what we teach our children. And the thing that I would say is create some standards in your own home. What does it look like for your family to have a happy relationship with food? Does that mean you allow all foods into your home? Does that mean that you work together to create healthy meals? Like create that vision, what the vision looks like of a happy relationship with food and your body and start to build it into essentially the walls of your own home so that when your kids and you are bombarded by the outside world, which is going to happen, it's inevitable, you know where you stand. Mm -hmm. And just like you said earlier, you know, you decided that you were going to not talk about your body so much. And that was a kind of a standard for you that helped you heal that relationship. And so now it's created the, the life that you live within your body. And so it's the same exact thing of how do I create my standards within myself so that when I am looking at other people's advice or suggestions, I still know what I need to do for myself. Absolutely. Really setting that foundation for yourself to know and honestly for your family. I really love that. So many of us will turn to food to deal with life or our emotions. I'm wondering if even if we have a foundation in those moments, it can be really hard to stick with our foundation that we've created. All that to say, how can we be more intentional in the area when it comes to like emotional attachment with food? Yeah. So when we think about creating our, our kind of our boundaries with food within our own home, that's a lot of practical side of food. And there are good pieces to the practical side of food. Like, you know, we try to get more fruits and veggies in, we try to meal plan, all of these things that help us fit into our lives. And then we have another area of food, our relationship with food, and it's emotional, Mm -hmm. right? And food is an emotional thing. It can be an emotional thing in our life and it can be harmful or it can be helpful. And when we think about helpful emotional eating, it's something like, hey, we're going out with friends, even though I'm not biologically hungry, I'm going out for dessert with my friends to enjoy being around them. And food is going to be there. And that can be a happy emotional experience. But so often when we talk about emotional eating, it's very much we think of it as harmful or negative. And so we've got the idea of the practical side of food. Now we want to look at the emotional. What? How am I tapping into my body and listening to the needs of my body without using food? And 2020 brought in this very unique challenge where we, a lot of us were experiencing emotions that maybe we hadn't really felt before in this way. Mm -hmm. It was a very different time. And so that's why emotional eating became so big was that we just didn't really know how to deal. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I say is we've got to learn to start listening to the emotions that our body is feeling and not getting rid of them. 
We don't want to just ignore them. That's what we usually use food to do is Mm -hmm. to numb or ignore the emotion, but instead tapping into and saying, okay, what am I feeling right now? I'm feeling hurt. I'm feeling anger. Name it. Name the emotion, stress, fatigue. Hey, I know you, you're stress. And then instead of turning to food, asking yourself in that moment, what would help me feel the opposite of that emotion. So I'm feeling stressed. Is there something besides food that makes me feel calm? And we like to complicate emotional eating. And I love that we're bringing the phrase minimalism into this because it doesn't have to be complicated. It can literally be that simple where we say, I'm feeling an emotion. I want to feel something else. Mm -hmm. What helps me feel that way? Is it a walk? Is it a hard workout? Is it a bath? Is it reading a book? And and then we can make an informed decision about food after that, because we've been able to learn to recognize and deal with our emotions. Absolutely. I was reading, oh, I'll have to go back and figure out what the book is. I'll put it in the show notes. But I was reading this book and it was talking about different types of eaters. In one of the sections, it was talking about... (laughs) I'm not sure if you like this word, but I'm pretty sure she called it the glutton. And it was just talking about how I could really relate to that word. I feel like sometimes when I've sat down to eat, if it's emotional, I can never be satisfied because it's not something that can ever be satisfied because food isn't the answer to it. It's definitely an emotional problem. What has really helped me is that when I saw this author writing about this, I try to remember that and call that to the forefront of my mind before I'm going to sit down. And having those little phrases or mantras of like emotional hunger can never be satisfied, if that makes sense. And so I think my whole point in telling you this is that phrases that we can really bring to the forefront of our mind or just things that we've heard people say when we are intentional about even, even dwelling on those thoughts, it's so helpful. At least it has been for me when I've struggled with binge eating or just emotional eating in the past. Yeah. And that, that is a really great, that's one great way to deal with it. And one of the words I um, like to share is control because sometimes we feel like there's control has a unique spin with food. It's often sometimes the thing that we turn to because it's the only thing we have control over Mm -hmm. when we feel out of control and we're like, well, we, I can eat that. I can eat as much as I want. I can control that. I can, I can have the food. And so really recognizing something like that. Yeah. Like a, a, a word that can help you. So maybe if you're in the moment and you're like, okay, I'm trying to remind myself that I am in control of my body and mm-hmm. then maybe have that phrase of, yeah, control. I can, I can feel the control. I can feel like I have control around food because I'm learning to honor and listen to my body. Yeah, 100%. Is there anything else that you would like to share when it comes to intentionality or minimalism in this area? Yeah, I think probably the thing that I would leave with is saying that you are in charge of how you feel in your body and how you feel about your body. And nobody else gets to make that decision, regardless Mm -hmm. of what the media says or anything like that. You get to decide. And you get to be intentional intentional about how you show up for your body and what you, in what ways you take care of it. And I love to use the word nurture. How can you nurture your body to change? And so that's probably like the biggest thing that I would 
that I would share and shout from the rooftops is our bodies are worthy of being nurtured in whatever season we're in, just like with minimalism, right? There's all different kinds of seasons of life and times of life that things will be different Mm -hmm. and ebbing and flowing and recognizing that we can take care of the space that we're in, in our bodies, our body space in every season of life. Absolutely. That's a really good word. I love how you are, you are just very realistic, I think, about what it takes, but also being kind to yourself when it comes to this approach. And I just appreciate that. I I don't feel like you're necessarily like sugarcoating anything or saying it's going to be easy or too hard. I just feel like you're very realistic in what you're saying in your approach. And I just appreciate that. Absolutely. And I think it's okay to like, to feel like you don't have it all together and be okay with that. Right. I mean, especially, I feel like I've minimalized my house so many times and I'm still in this space of why is there so much stuff, you know, and, and recognizing that like I'm giving myself grace I'm learning. And it's the same thing with our relationship with our body. You know what? Maybe we've tried so many different things and we're working on, we've tried and tried and tried and just recognize that we are all a work in progress and it's okay to be that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, where can listeners find you if they want to connect? My website is a woman of wellness.com. And I have a free emotional eating course on there if that's something that um, anyone here struggles with. And then I'm most active on Instagram, same thing at a woman of wellness. Perfect. Well, Elizabeth, this was wonderful. Like I said, I'd been wanting to discuss this and I think you were the perfect person to do this. I'm really happy to have had the time to chat with you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Thank you again to Elizabeth for joining me on this special bonus episode. I'd really love to hear your thoughts on Instagram, Facebook, or even feel free to email me. Join me back here on Tuesday as I speak with professional organizer Elise Hay about involving our children in the organizing process. She answers questions such as, can a disorganized parent raise an organized child? How does organizational thinking change as children age? What does the process actually look like? And is there ever a time when we should toss without consulting? I really can't wait to share these answers with you and more. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.